1: What's happening, weirdos? Here's here's Jim Gaffigan, number two. He came in uh, special. We were doing a tour together uh, in Austin, which was awesome. I I think some weirdos were at that show, which was lovely. And uh, Jim Jim is uh, promoting something, which is why he wanted to come on, but also just because we're old chums. We're old chums. Two old chums. But I do want to plug his book. It's called Dad is Fat. It's very, very funny. It's available now. It just came out. Be be a good weirdo and support this guy who's such a friend friend of the show and and wrote just such a funny book about parenting and his children, and we talk a lot about it. So hopefully this conversation will whet your appetite, but we also get into a lot of other comedy nerd stuff and some uh, interesting other weird stuff that I think you're going to enjoy. It's a little bit shorter than our episodes have been, but that doesn't mean it's not as wonderful. I still think it's over an hour. I don't remember. It went by very quickly. Here are the tour dates real quick. First of all, my special, May 12th at 11 p.m. Nice Try, The Devil is going to be airing on Comedy Central. The CD DVD will be available two days later on May 14th. If you want to come see me live, and probably Chris there, who's usually touring with me. Cleveland, Ohio, I'm going to be at the Grog Shop May 16th. Washington, D.C., the 930 Club on May 22nd. Philly, Helium, May 23rd through 25th. Bloomington, Indiana, the Limestone Comedy Fest, June 7th through 8th. Portland, Oregon, the Aladdin Theater, on June 28th. Seattle, Washington, the Neptune, on June of 29th. You can email the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash You Made It Weird. Buy a t shirt at You Made It Weird.com. Donate if you're feeling nasty. Or uh, or get a You Made It Movies, which are all available on iTunes. It's me and a guest watching a movie together. Again, uh, the uh, sponsor here is Bonobos. It's a cutting-edge men's apparel brand that matters because they make good clothes that are comfortable and also look good. It's not a mutually exclusive choice anymore. Bonobos gives you both. Too good to be true? I say no blazer accuracy go to Bonobos they're in the customer pleasing uh, business and they're offering free returns and also 20% off your first purchase uh, when you type in Pete at the checkout that's Bonobos.com B-O-N-O-B-O-S go get some clothes that look good tired of looking shabby tired of being uncomfortable go to Bonobos I just like saying Bonobos I think that's why we picked a sponsor they're wonderful and they're fun to say take that 21 forever that's forever 21 isn't it take that forever forever 21 but is more fun to say all right everybody enjoy jimmy gaff oh there we go yeah is it working yeah now? okay that is so exciting i was gonna feel like such a schmuck <laughs> now it's working Ooh, handwritten note, Jim.
0: Handwritten note saying uh, "Welcome to the hotel."
1: Well, the front, the front is handwritten. Do you ever get requests from your alma mater to come and speak at your school or something? Yeah, like, uh, like signed by the president. Does that do anything for you?
0: Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> a weird question. I no, no, notice. it is a weird question. But you know, you want to help people out, but there's only so much time you have, right? And.
1: How many kids are we looking at now? I mean, you got. I'm I'm a jerk. That's like I'd rather sleep. You know.
0: What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. You know, it's so funny because last night, uh, you know, Jeannie is so uh, amazing, but she was like, you know, I feel like I feel like I could be pregnant, and I'm like, that's impossible. <laughs> but why would I ever think that she's not pregnant? Because she just gets pregnant, constantly. perpetually pregnant. But she's yeah. a fertile... Is that a compliment? You have a very fertile
1: wife. I think it's probably a compliment. <laughs> it means she's healthy. It means she's yeah. like, you know, she's got the stuff working. You were saying something interesting, because I actually was wondering, because we're about to do a show tonight. Yeah. And we're here in your hotel. Yes. And you you started to talk about pre-show rituals, which is something I was actually going to ask you about, and you were yeah. saying, what did my father do?
0: Yeah. Is that is that was, was that yeah. in regard to yeah, pre-show that, rituals? No, you know what I was thinking. I was thinking that um, here we are, part of this comedy festival, which is really just a um, <clears throat> a business, uh, you know, convention <laughs> <Yes>. for weirdos. <laughs> yeah, and and you know the what's so t- great about Moon Tower is that they even have comedy and oddity. Yeah, it's like it's like look, it's not. These are not you're not IBM Salesforce. This is like comedians and other freaks of that sort.
1: Yeah, I did a show the other night, and yeah. the opening act was a clown who sings very unironically well, yeah, beautiful like sad ballads, but dressed yeah. like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I really regret seeing him because he's
0: up there now.
1: Right, and I'm, I'm gonna.
0: So we have oddities as well. That's us. I mean, that is us. That is, but And no. so I was thinking, you know, it's like my dad, who was a banker. Yeah. And he would go, uh, you know, he would have business trips. And that's what this is. <laughs> it's a business trip. <laughs> Do you have a hard time remaining grateful? Um, I don't know. I am such uh, in a web of uh, of fear, probably uh, motivated by the fact that I have so many children. But Well, that's got to be terrifying. And I'm also in New York, so I intentionally kind of subtract myself from... The, um, the, the kind of business stuff of it. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but I mean, yes, like, I'm pretty
1: grateful. You know, nice hotel. Like, yeah. It's funny, Moshe, Cash, and I were walking around yeah. today, and I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. It's like, t- I've been here too long. I yeah, got here yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Today's Saturday. Yeah. So that's a little bit too long. Yeah. Mental note. And so, but like, the truth is. As I'm getting in, you know, the elevator, I'm like, this elevator is filled with friends. It's a nice hotel. I was just complaining to you that I'm at the Radisson and here we are at like a nicer hotel. I wasn't looking over my neighbor's friends. But I was like, Shut the fuck up I have to tell myself to shut the fuck up all the time. And just enjoy the free coffee. Go to your show, you jerk, and and just be nice. I, I mean, like, I, I succeed most of the time, but I f- catch myself having little petty moments. Yeah, I think
0: that's a, that's unavoidable, right? I yeah, mean, I it's, think it's like uh, being in touch with being humble is pretty. Uh, I mean, but we're lunatics. Yeah, I mean, well, we're not. We go, nuts. On, we're we're nuts. go on stage and seek approval. We from want applause. We want applause
1: before we've done anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tonight they're going to say, "Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Gaffigan, you're just there." Yeah. And some people are going to give you a standing ovation for showing up. And that's the yeah. pursuit of a madman. If yeah. 19-year-old Jim Gaffigan was like, "That's what I want to do for a living,"
0: everyone would be like, "That's cra-, if you phrased it that way." Yeah, no, no, it's it's very it's very strange. Yeah. I mean, I'm 46 years old and I can't I mean, I didn't even know that I would be, uh, you know, a headliner. Yeah. I wanted to kind of be a writer. Right. I th- you know, Geraldo wanted to be a headliner, and he wanted to, like, live the rock and roll life. And I was like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's just very strange. Yeah. Well, you're, you were saying your dad's a banker,
1: so yeah. are you imagining he didn't have any sort of pre-conference routine, or is that the
0: parallel you were going to make? Yeah, well, I think that there's something... Um, it, it almost goes back to what you were saying. It's I'm like, taking notes on my yeah, phone. Sure. I'm, I'm certainly not texting. <laughs> yeah. We, You know, we have it so good. Yes. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, comedians, whether you... Uh, you know, whether you're adored by the world, like uh, Chris Rock or Louis C.K., or whether you're headlining one-nighters, we still won. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like... We're actually... Doing what we love. Yeah, like, there's no one yeah. doing stand-up that hates it. Right, 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 right. Back I mean, to the and, grunt. And it's still
1: much better. Right, right, right. Well, it's your fallback show. I remember that it was, you know me, yeah. I remember everything you ever yeah. said to me. We're in Cleveland, and I remember this was right after Welcome to New York had just ended. Yeah. And you weren't complaining, it was just an honest moment. You yeah. were saying, we were talking about, like, you wouldn't necessarily have been touring the Cleveland yeah. Improv. Yeah or where, Was it the Cleveland Yeah Cleveland and Broke yeah. If the show was still on the air Yeah So that's the only guy That I can see being like This
0: again But your fallback Is still your dream job Exactly Yeah it's Yeah And by the way I think that dreams are Are kind of adjustable In a lot of ways Because I think that People achieve success And they write a story You know It's like The Mark Maron success yeah. Of podcasts And stuff like that Yeah It's like He's he's a brilliant guy, and I mean your success. You're gonna have a fucking late night talk show. <laughs> I know. What and and the whole thing is is like <laughs> when you started off, I don't know if that was a goal of yours, but as you go through the process, as that show goes on the air, right? Your dreams that you discuss are going to be affected by by what you've achieved. That's what you mean by them being adaptable. They're totally adaptable. Yeah. It's Look, like Letterman picked me out. It's like now Letterman, you know, I do whatever I can for him. And I'm sure it's the same for you with Conan. Yeah. I mean, Conan, who yeah. was also very good to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like everything, you know, gets, particularly if you're hopefully a decent person, it's like, obviously if Conan needed you to mow his lawn for six months, yeah. you'd be like, all right, fine. <laughs> Right, <laughs> of course. You're like, you know, so I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for
1: some sort of manual labor. Yeah. It would actually, in an old school way, make sense. It's like, why do they give you a show? Well, I moved his weights to the attic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. They're going to give me a go. Yeah. But it's funny that you say that because dreams being adaptable. When you and I uh, first met, and it was all that time ago, like yeah. seven, eight years ago, at the Cleveland Improv, I I wouldn't if you said did you want a late-night talk show, I wouldn't have had the audacity to say yes. Right. Because, I, and I'd love to hear you speak to this, when your dreams are too specific, it can crush you because the chance of you getting them is so slim. I would have said, I'd like my own show. You know what yeah. I mean? I'd like yeah. my own show where I'm being me or playing me or something like that. But it seemed like uh, too specific. I was reading, you know, the Letterman book and all that sort of stuff. I was yeah. obsessed with the late-night stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have had the balls to say... I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Conan.
0: Although- well, some of it is the success of this podcast where you go, you know what, I could totally do this. Well, yeah. I connect with people. I can kind of understand. Right. I mean I wouldn't be as arrogant as you are. <laughs> no, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's very strange. It's 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 a strange it's a strange thing how um you know, di- I mean, I never thought that I mean, but also adjusting goals and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there's part right. of me that's like you know, I, I, first of all, I wanted to be on SNL initially. Yeah, me too. I was just I thinking really, and about now, that. Now, um, I don't even know if I want to host it. Yeah, I mean, I know that sounds horrible. <laughs> Tell me why. Po- um, <laughs> because I think that there's—I mean, I'm about to go off on two different tangents. It's great. Is one is that I never want to peak. I never want to get so popular that it it's starts, inevitable. It starts turning around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it starts... Um, like, there's still enough people that have no idea who I am Yeah. where there's... Um, we call that the Brian Regan.
1: Yeah. You, he can still go get a coffee in yeah. Cincinnati. You know, nobody's, yeah. nobody's going to give him too much shit. Yeah. I'm, I know you get plenty of shit, and so does Brian Regan, but he, he spoke to that level. But I was just talking to uh, David O'Doherty, this Irish comedian, yeah. talking about the key is to never be
0: cool you don't want to be the thing because is it you know it's or is that all. a rationalization because I sometimes I tell myself, you know Jeannie and I do everything together, yeah, and uh, I was laughing about how um, I was having the, the worst day uh trying to get from Columbus, Ohio, to Chicago for these shows, yeah, and everything was going wrong, like flights were canceled, there were no backup flights. <laughs> I eventually had to rent a private plane and pay, like, thousands and thousands of dollars to fly there. And it, it was it was You it was and a Daddy, was it just you on the plane? It was just me. <laughs> it was an enormous amount of money. But it was... And it wasn't... Luckily, it wasn't even something I had done wrong. It was just bad luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the course of those events where they're like, All right, Jim, you're going to have to, you know, not make any money on this show. Right. Um... I'm sitting in a Starbucks, and of course, you know, the music is too loud, and I have to move, and then there's people looking at me like, how dare you talk on a phone in Starbucks? <laughs> and I look down, and, and uh, Louis C. on the cover of Rolling Stone, and like, that is enormous. Yeah. All right? Yeah. yeah and first yeah. of all, by the way, I'm not impressed by it, but yes. I'm far more impressed by, uh, you know, Louis as a comedian. But there is something about the, um, Rolling Stone is the People magazine of the people that don't realize they're reading People magazine. That's so funny. Do you know what I mean? That's like your That's McDonald's bit. Yeah, it's, and you know what? And I give it to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, look. And also, by the way, I'm not saying uh, that I'm right for Rolling Stone. Unfortunately, I'm not. Right, you you know right, what I mean? right. But I was, and by the way, and Louis is... Fucking brilliant. Right, right. right. And I mean? he's
1: pretty rock and roll. It yeah. goes back to that Geraldo thing, yeah. wanting. I don't yes. know if that's what Louis was out for. He's a family man as well, but.
0: Yeah. But so the funny thing is, is and so I brought that up to Jeannie, and she was like, he's peeking. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, that's not necessarily. Like, I think that, I, I sometimes think, like, am I justifying that peaking is a bad thing? But there is something mm. about. Mm. I still feel like I have a certain amount of control. Like, you know, like the Hot Pocket thing is out of control. But <laughs> I, I feel as though I'm still, you know, uh, the the labels have not been yet defined on yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, whereas, uh, and I can still be, uh, you know, I can control some of my destiny. But right. once you get to a point where, you know. You're hosting I mean, SNL? Where you're hosting SNL. I think that, you know, then it's keeping this machine alive. Yeah. Which is, or recreating the machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if, you know, I I intentionally don't live in L.A. for that reason. It's like, there's something that kind of gives me the willies. And believe me, I'm... I'm a salesman, I'm a tap dancer, I'll kiss ass, but there's something about it that makes me cringe. There's something about the concept of cool that I know inherently is really wrong. Well, we've seen
1: it kill some of our friends or hurt some of our friends. They become the thing. And yeah. they become a one-word name, and you're like, "Well, like that guy," and then and then yeah. it can it can crash and burn. Louis has a bit about going, "Don't worry, this is only going to last another five years or yeah. something like that." Yeah, yeah. And he, I think he was doing that bit a couple of years ago. Yeah. So he is even aware.
0: But I think I think that Louis um, is. I think there's comedians that tra- transcend that, and I think that Chris Rock's one of them, and I think that Louis' sheer volume of material. Yeah. It's, it's, did you
1: see the, the impression video? Yeah, I did It's so funny, right? It's
0: really, it's, it's really interesting because It's the first I, blowback I, I feel like it's well, the, the first Well, the whole thing, thing is, is it's, <laughs> There's, as a comedian We watch it and we go, what is this guy doing? Because yeah. first of all, he has such a knowledge And the impression is so good yeah. That he must be talented. an adoring fan uh, yeah, oh, He's oh, got to be a, a fan. huge fan Interesting there So, that's what I took away from it. What I took away from it is that this guy really loves Louis. Yeah. That that he gets it. That this was not, that that video was not an attack on Louis, but I thought it, I thought it was kind of an attack on Huffington Post. I was, think it, it definitely was. We loved it before we even watched it, is yeah. the headline. And, and there's something about that where you go, oh, you know what? I mean, it's a great perspective on it. Yeah and i you know i went and i checked out the guy's like blog post he's a brilliant guy is he really i haven't seen his stand up but he writes do you like, know his name J- is it jl Calvin C. L. or something calvin jl
1: calvin i think is it jl i think it might be yeah. jl calvin it reminded me of that... S- SNL did a sketch when Sopranos was the only show that anyone... Yeah. Claimed, like, And they did... It. it was very funny. It was just clips from the show with quotes, and the quotes get progressively greater and greater. It's like, one day Sopranos will replace oxygen as the thing keeping our bodies alive. <laughs> yeah. And that sort of thing. So there was something going on there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're right. Uh, with, the, with the cover of Rolling Stone, I see that, and I always kind of... Uh, I, I don't envy it, but I'm like impressed by it. I'm
0: very impressed by it. Yeah. And, but also... You know, in your early... I mean, first of all, Rolling Stone is this, uh, you know... I know nothing about it, but it's, its you know, this legendary magazine. Yeah, almost famous, you know, right. when you watch movies but, like that. But it's, it's like anything. It's inevitably going to be... I mean, the generations... How many generations of writers have passed... Yes. ...that now work there? Right. Like, there was someone that was describing that... Um, uh, who said this? Someone said that. Like Aziz's success is talent plus the fact that everyone that works at a media outlet has the exact same same demographic makeup as Aziz, mm-hmm. meaning age, mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. point of view. So it's like Aziz, and it has nothing to do with him being East uh, East Indian descent, Ooh. right? It has to do with that his point of view is. Uh, like a you know captures like this late 20s point of view and I was like you know what that makes sense yeah and you know and look Aziz is a smart guy yeah so he is smart when I when he
1: did my show I tried to get him to admit I I I have a feeling that people like Brabiglia, yeah who's a friend of mine and Aziz is a friend of mine so I'm not shitting on those people but I never buy the nice guy I just I'm just funny routine I'm like fuck you you're just like me and I say this with love you're just like me you sit around and think about your career. What's so bad about that? You're telling me because it's a, it, because it's considered a sin. I don't fucking think it is. These I don't think it I, is I at don't at all. think you're saying it is either. I don't because think you're it is. saying I'm not right for Rolling Stone or whatever you're you right. know you're saying, and I don't know if I want to host us now. That's because you're running these scenarios and these drills, and you're thinking about uh, how you are, you're, you're investigating yourself, and then you're using a little bit of a business. Yeah, sense. And you know,
0: but you know the thing is, it's like being. Um, I won't say who this comic is. And it's not neither of them. But someone... You know, <laughs> if it's one or the other. No, 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 But, you know, look, here's the thing. The thing about um, people that are successful in the entertainment industry, it's like, first of all, we're all these... We're clowns, Yes, right? yes. And I don't think that comedians hate other comedians. I don't. But I think that, like, human beings, there's a certain amount of jealousy. And so people want to justify why someone is successful. yes. They might be, oh, uh, you know, when Dane had his success, people were like, oh, he's just manipulating 15-year-old girls. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's playing to – but I don't think that people have that much calculation in them. Yeah. And so when um, – but I think that people, uh, you know, are – whenever someone is, is complimented for having success, people will often say – um, well, this one person said, "Oh, they're really good at the business," and oh, I'm like, "God," as opposed to like Chris Rock not being good at the business, right? Which know, of course he is, or Seinfeld, right, 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 or you know Gary Shandling, right? And so there's something about it where I think there's also a jealousy at, at um, having the the drive to be that good at it because I know that I've heard people, you know. Uh, talk about um, Aziz, you know, like uh, Kanye West was at Aziz's show. Right. right? The Miami Heat come to Aziz's show. Right, right, right. And there's something... (laughs) Fucking Miami (laughs) Heat. But there's something about that where if you lay that down on a piece of paper and you go, you know what? Aziz is a funny guy and the, the Miami Heat probably expressed some interest, and Aziz was like, you should come to my show. Right. Whereas I would have been like, I don't have anything in common with Right, 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 Whereas Aziz is like, fuck it. Right. You know, I'll invite them. Right. And so that's where I think people, I think and that people get off, of, po- off put by that
1: sort of confidence. It, it, it shines a light on our own uh, shame and our well, own inability.
0: Well, and there's also something about comedians where... Comedians' headshots are not supposed to be too glamorous. They're, they're right. Supposed, we're supposed to retain some vulnerability or some awkwardness. Right. And we're not supposed to be the cool kids. We're right. supposed to be the ones that are the... Are you... Are you it's funny because I'm picturing... The knights. You're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the mascots. But your yeah. Mr. Universe cover, the black yeah. shirt one, the yeah. black and white
1: one, is like a gorgeous photograph. I, I, did you catch flack for that?
0: No, but that was, I mean, that's just, that has more to do with, um, that was a shoot from when I did that Broadway play. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I just took that shot and used it, because I was too lazy. I mean, we all know photographer. we have friends that are photographers sure. that, that sure. I could turn to them But and it say, was a
1: choice to not do like Beyond the Pale is a much right. sillier cover. Yeah. Or, or what's the one eating the ice cream? Or eating the... That's, that's Beyond the Pale. That, okay, then I'm picturing yeah. it correctly. That That is much sillier yeah. and more of a combo with, the, like you said, yeah. vulnerability. Yeah. The other one is just like, oh no, there's Jim and he's he broad shoulders
0: and he's looking right at you and deal with it. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, well, some of the, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Well, I see it I on mean, my I, Netflix a lot. <laughs> I have so much... I have such low self-esteem that I don't really consider myself like, you know, I always say, like, even if I'm in, like, uh, like you could put me in, a, you know, a John Varvado suit, and you could put me in a suit from Wrangler, and <laughs> it would have the same appearance. Did you, speaking of success, and speaking of your own, here you
1: are about to play a gorgeous theater. I just yeah. watched Bill Burr last night. Yeah. Did you see this for yourself? You said you didn't see the rock and roll aspect, but did you, was this a goal of yours where you're like, I'm going to be a hard ticket guy, a sellout guy, a big
0: theater guy. No, no, not at all. It really did just kind of come about... It's, and believe me, I would uh, I would admit it. I think that um, I'm an ambitious guy. I um, definitely, you know, when I was when I uh, went back to clubs after doing a bunch of TV... I mean, but you know, you never really... It's not like comedians stop doing stand-up. Right. But when I was touring, I... You know, it's it's a simple mathematical equation. You want the people that like you in that audience. Right. So the effort of getting them there, it's, some of it is, it's not so much selfish, it's like having fun. Right. It's like when you do your live podcast, which I've done, it's like everyone in that audience yeah. loves Pete Holmes. Right, right, right. And so <laughs> you can just have so much fun, yeah. right? And so that's what I love about... Um, a theater. A theater. Yeah, there's no. Uh, oh, we just came from a funeral, and <laughs> you know what I mean. There's or a bachelor
1: party, yeah, or, no. or or just we spend. I mean, you spend a long time too. I, I and I'm not really over. Nobody listen to how yeah. we talk. Nobody wants to sound like we have it figured out. <laughs> yeah, but I set, certainly spent about ten years only winning people over, and now you get to the point where you you'd like just the two hundred people that you've already won over for one show. That's where I'm at rather than rather than winning over the funeral group, per se. This is NPR, if you talk back, because you just went in the other room.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's just, I just heard this text. And it's fine. It's like when you have five kids, it's like entertaining no. them. It's-
1: yeah, goodbye, psychedelic drugs. And <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't, you always, you always have to be on call. It's so weird to be, uh, you know, we have no idea where this path is going, right? Yeah. So it's like here you are you're about to get a late night show. Yes. After Conan, who yes. I think is one of the great comedy minds of the past 50 years, right? I agree. And um and I have five kids. I'm not comparing them. It's sure, like, sure, sure. But it's like you know I never you know 10 years ago that we never thought like it's definitely going to be, you know, maybe not five, it's going to be like maybe eight. Or it's maybe it's not yeah. going to be after Conan. It'll be you know yeah, it's yeah. just we have no control whatsoever over yeah. this process. Yes, and we're lucky. Right, 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 right. right. That is so. there is a, there's an
1: incredible amount of luck involved. Speaking of of, of the Conan thing, is you? I remember uh, being a big fan of yours. You hosted which one was? Did you host the Late Late Show? Yeah, uh,
0: when Kilborn was leaving.
1: How was that like? I know it was a long time ago. I remember watching it, and I thought thought it was wonderful. Oh, really? I thought it was great. You interviewed
0: yourself? I mean, if I remember bits from it,
1: it had to have been pretty
0: good. No, I remember remember doing that, and that was kind of a last-minute thing, because I think they had more or less selected the guy who was going to get it. It was because I know the Letterman people, right? Yeah. And so... That was like an audition, I suppose. It, it was, but it was more or less not an audition because um, I think that they pretty much were deciding between um, Craig Ferguson and Michael Ian Black. I think oh, there well. was a little bit of, like, it's down to those two. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd come back three times, and then there were extra slots. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it once. Sure. You know what I mean? Now, if I had done it and the ratings had gone out <laughs> the roof... But you know, but there's also something about that that again, I thought that maybe I don't think I would want that gig. That's interesting. Like the SNL thing. Well you're you're I realizing where that. you belong. Yeah, and it's some of it is and you you look at Jimmy Fallon and you go, he he might have the most perfect personality. Yeah. For it. And that's not a slam. Yeah. But there is you know, the the curmudgeon thing that we saw in Letterman, it's It's really kind of the opposite of what would make a good host. You know, Johnny Carson has a very engaging side, you know. um. Well, the way that Fallon, like, dances to the bands, I always, I thought that was inspiring. Like, I've seen a
1: couple of his tapings and stuff, and the band comes out and he gets in the audience and, like, genuinely, you don't see that sort of sincere appreciation of something. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's I'm not again, this sounds like I'm putting him down. Yeah. It's childlike, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Like it's a yeah. virtue. He really does give a shit about his guests. I think and, and Conan has that as I mean, well. He meets
0: you know, you go on there and he'll meet people before the show. Yeah. You know, like there's something about that personality, which is it's it's a very unique personality trait that right. does not because I think also ego is is a big hurdle for people in the entertainment industry, it's like getting so, rid of it. Well, it's about kind of keeping it in check. It's the whole thing of buying your own hype. It's the oh my god,
1: that's do you that's, know what I mean? That's an, I, I call jealousy cancer, but that's another type of cancer, <laughs> jealousy <laughs>
0: cancer. Well, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
1: if you have if pe- the people that hate disease, I've said this a million yeah. times. The people that hated disease, when I was in New York when we were all starting together, don't do comedy anymore, and I can't say it enough. So. <sighs> You can't, you can't just fucking keep your head down. You know what I mean? But then like also believing your own hype is something that, I mean, I
0: I think you probably have to deal with that. It gets to a point. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that, um, well, I think that, you know, I sometimes look at Geraldo and I, because I think that, you know, here was this guy who was, you know, much smarter than any comic I know who was, uh, had a real gift for kind of, communicating with people but i think that you know cuz when i was doing stand up i i'm kind of in and out of you know, like here I am in Austin. I'll probably do my two shows and I'll come back here just because this right. will it'll be a treat for me to just <laughs> have some it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but when I was doing stand up, um, you know, for probably like five or seven years, I was I was not drinking. I was I was a health nut. I worked right. out twice a day. Right. And he was drinking. And there's almost you have to subtract yourself from the game because if you peak. At a certain time every night You are eventually going to get in trouble What do you mean by that? What do you mean peak? You know, if you're headlining in a comedy club Yes And you're, you get done with your third show The third show starts at midnight Right You get done at 3am You're wired, you're toast You don't drink But like, you know what? You, know, you have a couple drinks it's four in the morning. It's like you're hanging out with people at four in the morning and I love doing it. But it's like you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so it's just that's
1: when shit happens. Right? And that's and that's when neural not neural pathways, but habits are established that it's normal. I'm doing that at this festival. Yeah. You run into it. And I was just talking to Moshe on the same walk. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm drinking way more than I would drink.
0: Why? Because we're in Austin? It's just a place. Like, relax. Yeah. Maybe go back to the hotel. (laughs) Well, I think there's also, I mean, I remember for me there was, in doing stand-up, there was something very strange about, um, I was never, like, I I would do stand-up. And uh, and then after a show, I would sell my CDs back. Do people still sell CDs and after shows? Probably right. Bill
1: uh, does a bit about how it's funny that no one knows what a DVD is when he plugs his
0: DVD. Yeah, it's funny. And um, so no, but yes. <laughs> and I remember selling the CD after the show, and. Um, there would be there was this kind of this evolution of attention that occurred over the span of time, and uh, there was a time where like there would be like you gotta come out drinking with us, and I'd right. be like intellectually I'd be like well obviously uh, no you right. just you just want that because I just did this show right. And you wouldn't... And these people wouldn't look at me prior to the show. Right, but right, But now right. they're like, he's cool. Come right, on. Right, 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 So I intellectually knew that connection. Right. But then, you know, like cut to three years later, it's like, yeah, let's go out. We're friends. Yeah. So there's something about... Believing the hype. Believing the hype? Yeah. And, and there's... And, you know, you see it in... in you see it in the entertainment industry... All the time. Do you think that's what happened with Geraldo? I I
1: know it's weird to talk about somebody who's passed, but it's.
0: No, I don't know. I think that, you know, I think that that's. uh, I think addiction is a big thing, but I think also, I mean, we have friends that don't drink. Yes. And I look at these festivals where they're not drinking and I don't know how they would do it. Yeah. I think it's really hard because there's something about. You know, we're these awkward species that yeah. are kind of bouncing into each other, right? You know, it's like ah, oh, there's Marin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where you're like ah, oh, there's so and so. Do they hate me? Do right. they like me? Right. Right. Are they right. mad at me? Right. Did right. I do right. something wrong? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where a beer to cut that edge helps a lot. Yeah, it sure does. So particularly if unless you're the uh, the bulletproof. Personality. Some people, right. I mean, some of your appeal and my appeal probably is the vulnerability. Yes. So I think that's something you actually taught yeah. me. We, yeah. we, we were talking yeah. about
1: Chris Rock and how much you liked him. We yeah. both love him. And then you're like, my character is more vulnerable. And I remember you saying that. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. And I noticed that about me, too. There's something that you kind of want to bring both of us a blanket. A little right. bit.
0: Right. Well, it's not <laughs> intimidating. I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's also a little bit uh, comforting. Do you have a lot of female fans?
0: I would say so. I don't know. I sometimes look at my Twitter analysis and it's like 60% men. Oh, really? But I don't know. It's weird because, you know, I'll look at my audience and it it changes. You know, my last special was just online and then just in, on Netflix. And I feel as though my audience has, it's a lot of parents and then 15-year-olds. But when I my <laughs> special airs on Comedy Central... It's twenty year olds. Yeah, and so I don't know. Do you feel? St- see, I hear that, and I'm ter- I'm going through this
1: place where, you know, I'm a single man. So much, yeah, I'm, I'm actually yeah. running into the problem that a lot of my material is about sex or just thoughts about sex yeah. or thoughts about being single, and it ends up being dirty jerk off stuff, which yeah. is fine. It's very funny and it's very yeah, true. Yeah, I yeah. can't really force other things yeah, to happen yeah, in my yeah. life. And so then I I hear about if there were 15-year-olds in my crowd or couples or, like, uh, families, that would be terrifying. Is that okay because that's where you're at? Or do you feel frustrated that you couldn't be, like, talk about whatever you want to talk about?
0: Well, you know, there is something of... uh, Because it's not just uh, an age thing. By the way, I don't think that 15-year-olds necessarily don't get stuff. Right. I think that adults sitting next to a 15-year-old That's exactly right. Parents' weekend at a college. Yeah. Nobody's left. It's, it's, they feel uncomfortable. And then the 15 year old feels uncomfortable. Right. But I think for me, some of the trappings are some of the food material. I think it's sometimes when I like, when I feel trapped by that. I think that sometimes when I veer off these (laughs) (laughs) profoundly (laughs) universal topics. Yes. That people are like, wait a minute, you have an opinion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless I'm subtle about it, <laughs> so
1: that's funny, man. They want you to talk about the the bacon buffet. They want you to talk
0: about not just hot dogs, but everything. Because I do feel as though, I mean, I'm on, I don't know, my uh, fourth hour, or fifth hour, and um, and there is something where. I'm pretty confident that I could just do old material, and I think people would be okay with it. Because they're just happy to see you? No, I don't think it has anything to do with me. I think that it's... I think that I'm just lucky. I think that some of those jokes are... um, They, you know... I don't know, maybe that sounds arrogant. No. You're saying they're... they're, Oh, you could do a Greatest Hits. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that I could do... You know, like, uh, tonight I'll do... I'll do Hot Pockets, I'll do... People would be I'm mad al- if you didn't. Yeah, they would. And it- <laughs> so, but I do, like, you know, like, I'll do, like, an hour. You know, you're always working for the new hour, right? Yeah. And, and so, I'll, and you always want to end strong. Yes. And so, I'll do some stuff, but I, obviously, I'm always trying to recreate a new hour, and I'm pretty close. Yeah. And, um... But I'll, you know, sometimes I'll be kind of, like, off on a turn in the middle of a set, and I'll just throw something in there, and they'll go, ah. Uh, And maybe it's just because I've been doing all this new stuff, but it's, like, people like a familiar song. Sure. I actually think that's a covetable position, and I I feel that way, too. I, I'm,
1: I'm a bit of a jerk off In that I ask If there's any I, And I mean it yeah. I go Is there something You wanted me to do And I don't have That many books yeah. That you could request yeah. But it's always You know a, a handful of them And it's a little bit uh, It's very fun for me yeah. And it's a little bit Of a buy I go like I'm not just repeating Material I'm doing requests It, it, it makes yeah. me feel better About it's repeating material but yeah. I, you're absolutely right you could did you, didn't you? did I text you that's SPF 45 on my capeza yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I think about that line all the time oh thanks nobody knows I, that's an old old bit. that's yeah. an old, old no, it's, <laughs> I remember you telling me
0: <laughs> you, like in New York you used to tell me you're like what about that one joke
1: yeah well you had, you had that I remember telling I remember yeah. everything I said to you I was like do you still do that joke about it? do you ever love sleep so much you see someone in a coma and go that sounds nice yeah <laughs> and you're like I have no chance. memory of that well, yeah. the other – so you have to be ambitious because of the book. I think about the, the, the daunting task of writing a book. Right. And the book is called Dad is Fat. Yes. And it's out? It's it about will to be come. out May 7th. Okay, May 7th. So uh, we'll try and time this accordingly. The I've, I've gotten a few uh, inquiries. Hey, would you like to write a book? Yeah. No. And I go, <laughs> look, all I've had to do today was talk to you. Right, right. And I got a show at like 1030. Right, right. So who better to write a book? Uh,
0: you know, who has more time? Still, I'm like, the, I don't know if I have the time. No, still, I think there's also... And, uh, because also, you have a certain amount of quality that you do, that you want right. to sustain. You don't right. want to write a shitty book. You don't want to write a bad book. And by the way, a lot of comedians have written bad, bad books. books. Terrible books. Terrible books. I've read a lot of them. And um, <laughs> we sit there and you go, ugh. So, for me... I had been fielding offers about doing a book for a while, and I didn't want to do it. Well, here's the other thing about a book. A book, 99.9. I mean, here we are in April. Yeah. 99.9, uh, this book that I poured my life into for a year. is not going to change my life. Right. It's not going to get more people to go to my show. It's not going to make, uh, it's not going to pay for one of my kids to go to college. Right. I mean, I did make some money. But it's, it's a very personal kind of thing that um, uh, I wanted to do. So, so you had to want to do it. I had to want to do it. And some of it is, I felt as though uh, the, the you know, Twitter, you know, here we are on a podcast. Podcasts <laughs> and Twitters, you know, like someone made reference to MySpace and I, and I feel like it's like, ugh, I'm embarrassed, <laughs> you know. And so I'm like, ugh, I did that, didn't I? But Twitter is such a um, a part of our lives yeah. as performers. That yeah. What I did with Twitter was, and it's ever evolving. But you know, Twitter is how I let people know when I'm doing shows and stuff like that. But you know, the the relationship is very much I'm going to be very I'm going to be entertaining as often as I can, and then I'll bring up I have a show. Right. And so part of that. Um, that that Twitter experience was uh, initially I was like I'm not gonna put jokes that I like on there right like I'm not gonna burn my material right but the reality is is you could put something on Twitter, and it can be in your act. It doesn't. There's Nobody no cares. overlap.
1: I actually love reading my own tweets before I go on stage because you'll find little pockets. Oh where yeah, you can yeah, them. yeah, yeah, totally. You didn't even think of it. You're like, I have, and you think you're stealing someone's material. <laughs> it's your material you're <laughs> right, stealing, right.
0: and you're like, oh my gosh, look at how well constructed yeah. that joke yeah. is. Man, it had to be because you yes. pined over it on yeah, an airplane because you had 140 uh, characters. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so with, um, you know, at, at the time. Because this is going way back, uh, you know, maybe five years ago. I initially was offered, and by the way, a lot more money than I was offered for this book. Really? But I said no. Wait, why did it drop? Because publishing collapsed. Oh. And because, you know, I'm not Lena Dunham. Right. And, um, no, but at that point, there was still Barnes & Noble's every corner. Right, 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 right. And so... um, Publishing collapsed. Of
1: course. Yeah. It did. Well ebooks and stuff. Yeah. You have to imagine that the, the money has to be smart.
0: It's like my Kindle that I have never used, by the way. <laughs> I have one too, it just and, collects dust. And um, I don't even know if the version of it you know, now there's like Kindle fire. Anyway, yeah. so um so anyway, so I was resistant to it because again, I wanted to do a good book and I didn't know what kind of book I wanted. I didn't want to just dump material I right. didn't want to use a ghost writer, like sign language style
1: book, where it's just a transcript of your material. Yeah, and you, know. you didn't
0: want to have someone else write it, right? And I didn't, and I knew that um, it had to be something that where I would be—I don't know—adding some value. Like I, I didn't want to be embarrassed of it. Yeah. And so then I was so jump back to like when I start getting involved in Twitter, you know, as a comedian, you know, there's some jokes, and you see it with kind of the nerd culture. It's, you know, uh, some of the... You know, here we are, part of the nerdist empire, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but But, uh, you know, there's something about the nerd thing where um, nerd comedians used to kind of hold on to nerd kind of specific things, and they just do it at nerd belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but there was this growing popularity. So when I would come up with parental observations, I would have a, a limit... And I still have a limit on how much I talk about my kids in my stand up. Right. right. Because I was the comedian that did not, uh, I was the audience member that hated. Right. When people would talk about my wife and kids. I'm you like, know what?
1: Bill's opener, who was hilarious, was yeah. talking about his children. And I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, it was so stupid. But then, but then he actually turned it very masterfully and yeah. knew that we were thinking, fuck this. Yeah. And it was kind of built in like a bait and switch. But I know what you mean. Yeah. You and so, see him so, over. so,
0: but what occurred with Twitter is that I ended up. Uh, you know, out of habit as as a comedian, I was mining the uh, these observations yes. for humor and I was putting them on Twitter and I was getting a pretty good response. Isn't that important though? I mean, here, that's what's
1: good about Twitter. Yeah. Instagram's a little different. You get likes, or whatever, yeah, but yeah. you don't get retweets, so you can't have yeah. things like really blow up. But you can see, I, I heard Mike Kaplan, you know, Mike yeah, Kaplan, yeah, he, yeah. he said a joke on stage and he goes, no one laughed. And he goes, no, 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 I know that's funny. It got 10,000. You know, like, retweets. Yeah, yeah, so he knew. Yeah. So you can do these little studies where you're doing the observations, your, your parental stuff, and you're, you're getting that feedback that lets you know you're on the right track.
0: Right. But, uh, there, but there is also something of all this parental uh, stuff and having kids that I still would not want to be the guy that only talks about his wife and kids. Right. In Except my stand up act is that what happened with the book? So the book was a So home. the book was kind of this way where I compiled all these observations on parenting and my inadequacy of being a parent. Because I'm a comedian. You right. know, like I mean the book's about like comedians are not supposed to be in charge of themselves. Right. You know, right, they're right. We you can know, barely handle ourselves. I know. Like we can, you know, we can look at some of our friends and go, you know what? They they could end up in a mental institution. Of course, they could. Of course, they could. yes. You know, like if you sat a bunch of comedians down, they'd be like, yeah, you know, it's a good chance. <laughs> you know, and that's not mean. <laughs> that's just like that's that's a self awareness, right? And so, um, so anyway, so here I am, and I'm put in this position of being a uh, father, and so like there's. There's conflict there. So that that point of view, which I kind of developed over Twitter, I think, um, I had all this material. And I I said, you know, I'll combine this. Because initially I wanted the book to be about the narcissist guide to parenting uh-huh. because i think that comedians were selfish yeah yeah yeah. and we're selfish and then that's almost uh, well that's the fear is making a grilled cheese and a little kid coming in and being like i want
1: grilled cheese and you're <laughs> like motherfucker this is my grilled cheese yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know uh it's like no i'm middle now right, right you know what right, i mean right, right. i'm
1: middling do you ever feel that's so funny <laughs> do you ever feel like the sixth child Chappelle has that great bit
0: where oh, really? uh, he has a bit about his kids calling thinking they're his brother, that he's their brother, oh my gosh, like their funny. older brother no, well that's I mean that's a joke in there. It's like I have you know five kids, six if you include me, but even if I uh, oh, that's funny, that's funny, but right. you do feel a little bit that way, yeah, a little inept yeah, and there's also something about I mean the book also touches about how the different perspective on fatherhood. From what our our fathers dealt with, yeah, the, the know, role of being said, a father, yeah. and then what it is now. I mean, you you still could, like, and it, it's, you know, you very well are probably going to be a father. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, when you're single, you're like, well, if, you know what? Uh, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Ten years ago, I swear to God, I was like, I'm never getting married. I'm finally able to <laughs> date the the looking said? women. You said that to yeah. Titi. You said, we're probably going to get married. Yeah, and it was, it was a joke. It was like, hey, 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 you know. And um <laughs> but so your opening line to your future wife yeah. you're probably gonna get married. And then you did. Yeah. You didn't you didn't think it was in the cards? No, and by the way, when we were when we were getting married, she's like she was like, How many kids do you want? And I'm like, Ah, oh, I want like six. But I didn't mean it. Uh, you know? That's funny. But the whole thing, uh, the thing I didn't that, mean it But the thing that sounds so strange about that is that it's not as if um I dislike it. I even kind of talk about it. It's like people that complain about parenting. People are always like, why are parents complaining? Yeah. is because it's, first of all, it's unpaid. You're not paid to be a parent. It's also a little bit thankless sometimes. It's, right? it's yeah. absolutely yeah. thankless. Yeah. But people that complain about it are active participants in it.
1: Right. So. Oh, it's like couples that don't fight. Like the, com- the complaining is a symptom of a
0: healthy parent-child I relationship. I so. I understand. As anyway, you're invested and you're thinking yeah. about it. So then I I started to uh, so I was like all right maybe I can do a book it'll be the narcissist guide to parenting, and then I was like I know nothing about narcissism I know I'm kind of I'm yeah. a narcissist yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that I you know my children make me a better person I know that but right I'm not that bright of a guy so it's it just ended up being uh, it's always boor- so yeah go ahead no. it's always
1: boarding a plane that I that that makes me want like if I've ever been upgraded to first class yeah. and I'm sitting up there I can't afford that, but if that happens and then I see the families coming on yeah. the dad with three kids, you know yeah. monkey on him yeah. Yeah. and I just look at him and, and I have a fucking cocktail, that's when I go like oh man, that poor son of a bitch because maybe Jim yeah. Gaffigan single gets upgraded to first class but Jim Gaffigan, five kids and a wife it's hard. it's hard to pull off well,
0: that's Wow. Is that your stomach? That was my stomach. Wow. I mean, the whole thing is, is that I don't feel as though, um, y- you know, what you don't realize is it's, it's, you know, parenting, obviously you get a lot in yes. return. You get, you know, people, it's like how people feel about dogs. It's like, except for a hundred times more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But, it's funny
1: that you say that because the friends of mine that have dogs are like, we got to get out of here because the dog, we got to go feed the dog, we got to yeah. walk the dog, and I'm like, that dog sounds like a pain in the ass. But they're like, the dog's always happy to see me. The dog licks yeah, my yeah. face. He's a good friend. But it's
0: it, but it's, it's weird because now we're almost kind of getting off on these, you know. And I talk about it in uh, the book. It's like there's no way to explain it because you haven't. You, it's impossible to explain the benefits of it. Right. It's it's impossible to understand the um and and it's kind of an insult to compare it to a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's like there's something very strange about it, but the one thing that I would say as a comedian who's been upgraded to first class <laughs> is that really all we need, and this is all we need is a certain kind of middle class existence. Yeah. Unless you're the type of guy like I need a boat, right? I need um, I need to go to Vegas 4 times a year <laughs> right, 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 right. with my buddies I right. need to play golf with my buddies Right 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 It's not neither you, of us are those guys You only hear about the work Right You know what I mean Right Like you don't it's like playing football in high school it's like if you only hear about them practicing 2 times a day in August Right and you rule out the fact that there there's a homecoming right. constructed around them right playing right, a right, game. right 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 I don't know maybe and some no right. no you're absolutely right but it's
1: probably is it chemical i have to imagine something oh, yeah that's chemical it's, it's, i can't
0: understand it yeah it's something that's very strange and um, you know i joke you know it's like look i have uh, 100,000 children but i have <laughs> one of my kids is he's 20 months old and when, I, when he sees me, he is so excited yeah. that it makes me nervous. Like, I'm like, oh, this guy's... He's going to be really disappointed when he pulls it together. But that, you know, that is better than any first-class upgrade. Or, or any antidepressant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a great joke. Yeah. That is... I mean, people that do stand-up comedy are insanely seeking the great perfect set or the aha moment on stage where we come up with a line and we're like let me go back and reconstruct that yeah, how do I do that yeah, every time yeah 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 and and parenting is kind of like that I mean I should also say my children are very young so I don't know you know right I mean teenagers could be a nightmare and stuff like that well, that's book number two uh, yeah Dad, but, dad's an asshole and yeah. it's typed on a phone <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, I don't know, it's weird, because I think of it as, and some of why I wanted to do the book, is that I just wanted to do, I wanted a place for my observations and uh, the stories yeah. about being a parent. Like fatherhood, right? I mean, that's, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to read, you know, fatherhood. It's interesting to read a lot of comedy books. Yeah. Because you look at and you go, you go, all right, David Sedaris is, he kills it. Yeah. I mean, he really kills it. Yeah. Um... But there's a lot of other ones where you're just like I I am not like I, initially I wanted that it just to be observations because when I would read books about uh funny people saying I'm a dad it's it's very much one um you know their point of view. Like, can you believe I had a kid? And I'm, right. I don't care. Right. Right. No one cares. So it's like your dream of uh, your joke about dreams. Yeah. You're so
1: fascinated with your own. but yes. Whenever you tell someone else about them, they're like, "Who
0: fucking cares?" <laughs> right. Who cares? <laughs> can you believe me? And You're like, no. I I, I can, not, but I don't want to. I'm not invested at all. Right. And so that's why I wanted it uh, driven by point of view. It's like storytelling. I mean, yeah. storytellers when people are really good at it they're really good at kind of putting jokes in an order and presenting it as a story yeah the difference is you know i was actually just thinking about that i don't want to get off topic
1: when you tell a story where there's a big twist at the end people typically don't want to hear the story again people do want to hear a joke again because i'm trying to fill out my new hour and i was like oh i got that great amsterdam story yeah it ends with this like wacky twist once you've heard it you've heard it you know what yeah. I mean? But you you can
0: listen to Hot Pockets, or you can listen to the greatest hits of all No, that's them. really interesting. Isn't that weird? It's interesting that we're in this day and age of storytelling where there's something... You know, it'll be interesting to see what stand-up is like. I mean, look, I'm a nuts and bolts guy, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a bits guy. I'm a bits you're guy. You're a nuts and bits. I'm <laughs> a nuts and bits guy. But you, you see, it's like stand-up, it's like, is storytelling... Is what's it going to be like? You know, there's just waves and waves of people doing stand up. Yeah, I
1: know. And it's informed people. People like I I think maybe I mentioned this when we did the the one on one the first time. Is it's like here we are, and I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back. You're you uh, you, you're still. uh, I'm making it weird. I didn't even mean to plug the show. Yeah, hero of mine when I'm working with you at the beginning, still very much look up to you, but here's a hero of mine and you give me this advice and I'm like, who am I? I'm getting this advice. I feel so lucky and I benefited so greatly yeah. from it and then we record the conversation and then 100,000 people can listen to it. That's yeah. going to inform, not just my show, oh, yeah, but every yeah. show will inform because they're going to hear all this inside baseball yeah. stuff that's going to help them out. I had one more question uh, yeah. about your kids. Uh, is that Did you experience that thing where, like romantic love, yeah, you fall in love with Jeannie. Yeah, and uh, you know I've been in love uh, several times. Yeah, I was going to say many, but just let's say several. Yeah. Is it like that? And then you have a kid, and you're kind of like, I had no idea the 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 love drug
0: is like much more intense with the kids. Yeah, is I mean, it- I think that there's obviously there's many different types of love, right? Yes. Um, and here is Doctor Jim talking about. It. <laughs> but um, we can put. It I think that heads. there is there is something about the parent child bond that is it's it's i mean i think it's uh, it's untouchable in yeah. a way right there is something about and i kind of try and talk a little bit about it because i you know i talk about how babies are the worst roommates yeah. and that if you had <laughs> cuz babies they're magic like there's none of those things that they do if someone else did it, you'd be like, you're you have to move out. Yeah. You, know, like, you know what I mean? They're even all over your wife's breasts. You know what I mean? And you're like, that's cool. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. And so there is something about and then I also talk about how it's even weirder because you're you're uh, as a dad. You're really kind of second in command. You're vice president. Yeah, yeah. You're really... um, Do you also
1: feel second... I've said on the show before that men... uh, Men men participate in their own destruction. You make a baby... That chemically is, is therefore, is, is just, should be more important than you. You're a yeah. grown man. So here's Jeannie, yeah. your wife, who used to, you were the center of her universe, yeah. and she was yeah. the center of yours, yeah. and you have a baby, and it's this moon, but suddenly the moon is more important than dad, and dad's just kind of like, could you go uh, get some milk? Or you know, you're know, you just yeah, like a yeah. helper, yeah. whereas you used to be, and I always get so weird and Freudian, yeah. Yeah. but you used to be kind of like the main cheese, and then is there right. a little bit of a like,
0: hey... Well, you know, there's probably <laughs> probably some of that, but there's things change where you're not really in that position of uh, resentment towards the, the 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 shared task. Yeah, there's such fear about. And this is why I'm jealous of our pa- our father's generation, is that they had a, a healthy detachment. Like, you'll see it on Mad Men. Yeah. The, the portrayal of this, kind of like, yeah, well, you know, there are kids, you know, I took them to a baseball game. Right, and, right. Where The expectations was, were much lower. Yes. For the husband, it was lower, too. Yeah. And now the expectations are pretty damn high. Yeah. And... The chances of it working out are pretty low. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can be a great parent, and your kid could still do math. Yeah, like you don't, you know, and it's not nothing the to do with environment. You know, it's like it's in the small town in Iowa. You, yeah, you could grow up in L.A. It's like it could happen a lot of different ways. Yeah, places. So, I knew great parents that had yeah.
1: troubled kids. Like I was, of I was friends with their siblings and stuff, and I, and I watched them send them to camps and stuff. You know, like just yeah. desperate. I'm talking about like Lexington, Massachusetts. It's like yeah. nice, upper middle class, educated and they gave yeah. them all the all the benefits and then it's like, "Oh yeah, she just carved her name in her ass." Or what, you know what I mean? And you're just yeah. like,
0: ah. And I think that's why. I think that's in some ways why people don't have kids. Yeah. Because they sit there and they go, "It's it's a losing equation." Yeah. And but once you have a kid, you you're okay with the likelihood of it not being perfect right well you you have to embrace it yeah you're okay with um you know it's it's similar to the bravery of being a comedian particularly when you first start off yeah you're okay with humiliating yourself yeah going up there and it not going well like we laugh about our bad sets yeah but they i mean they you know they were brutal they had a profound effect on you yeah for a couple days.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still inside you somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That memory of that weird hotel where you couldn't sleep. And the headliner was not that nice. Of course. Or or said something bad. I still remember this cocksucker... Oh, sorry. You shouldn't say cocksucker, but I'm not putting a judgment on sucking cock. But I love that word. Anyway, he's smoking cigarettes, and he's like, you got some good stuff in there. Like something condescending. That burned in me. Like, just the way he said it. He was like... Yeah, you got some okay stuff. And they're like, you dick. It stays oh, with you yeah. forever. But So you're saying yeah. the the constant humiliation, but uh, in the back of your mind, you're like, this might get better. Is similar to the kid thing? Yeah. I mean, by the way, it's,
0: you know, like being a parent, it's all, it's all positive. Yes. But there's terrifying things. What could happen to your child, you know, walking around with your child. Right, right, right. Someone watching, you know, like you, you're adding a lot of fear into your life that... Uh, you know the kid also doesn't understand right. like, ah, da, da, da. Right, you know what I right, right. mean and so it's a very strange thing so as a comedian to voluntarily do that it seems insane yeah it's like why would you go through
1: well why that's you know, the
0: why would you elect to public speak everyone hates
1: will you speak right. at my wedding no but I'm gonna sign up to speak on Monday you're a yeah. lunatic you want kids? No, but I I'll have some. I'm gonna make yes. some that yes. i Do you like being b-
0: around kids? Like that's yeah. the irony. Do you like it's being a, around kids? No, no. But I'll have some. <laughs> you know? But there's also I mean there's there's also a contrarian part in me that I get a little bit of you know, when you know, like I remember I was looking at Twitter and there was someone that I follow that has a thoughtful blog and question was <laughs> like um is parenting uh, that important? And I'm just like, you know, it's like, you know, like, it's so absurd that we're, we're at that point where we're so dismissive of something as important as parenting. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, not... This, people are like, I'm never fucking going to see Jim uh, gaff again. But it's just, <laughs> like, one of those things where... Wait, their point was that it's not that important. I think that they're <laughs> kind of like, want No, or maybe the question might have been like, "Do we really need to have kids?" Oh, I see. And 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 the thing is, is like having so many kids, you're forced to deal with some of these questions, like overpopulation. You're, you know, uh, having so many kids. Sometimes I think people think that we're, uh, we're if we're not embracing birth control, then maybe we're against a woman having a right to have birth control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, there's the weird thing about the overpopulation is that it's an absolute myth that is still exists. Like, Wait. it's from, like, the 1800s. It was some racist guy <laughs> in the UK. I'm not kidding. You can Google it. Who went to Africa and saw all these poor Africans, who, by the way, were the victims of colonialization. Yeah. And said, oh, there's too many people on the planet. And he went back to the UK and he said, there's there's an overpopulation problem. We should euthanize some of these people. Whoa. So that... that that's, that's where that we Im- still get our overpopulation idea? That was That's where we get it. When uh-huh. the reality is, is that you could have... Here we are in Texas. You could have everyone in the United States... Live in Texas with their own acre of land. Yeah, is that it's, true? It's Google it. <laughs> it's overpopulation, myth. and so you hear things like that, and and you go because people, people go, why Why do you have so many? Yeah, why do you have so many? And I'm like, ooh, ooh, why Why don't you have any? <laughs> and people are like, but I'm, so, uh, you know, I. Uh, it's yeah. not like you're taking your money and you're sending it to some village yeah. in uh, fucking Africa. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like, I'm the one who's not getting sleep. It's like, it's right. like, why would it, you know. It doesn't why affect it, you. Why would it, you know, are you paying for their college?
1: Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Well, that's the terrifying, speaking of other things that yeah. make it hard to have a kid, you got the the money thing, yeah. I think is a big one for yes. men. Because you, you multiply six times freshman yeah. year and that's, that's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. But then there's also, I wanted to ask you about the idea, like, think about your childhood memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you never know when the record button is pushed on a kid. Oh yeah, you're doing your best. You're doing your best. You're doing your best. You're doing your best,
0: motherfucker. And they remember that, you know? Oh, I of mean? course. Are they? Re- That's where you're going to lose, right? You got to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. <laughs> you're going to lose. Look, I wrote. I had an essay in there about my father. Yeah. And uh, I've done other interviews, and people were like, "Wow, so you didn't get along with your dad?" And right. and it's weird because it's a lot of. I had stand-up material about my dad, and it was okay in stand-up, but in print form, yes. it seems a little mean. It has a loft to it, right? a heft, a heft. And so, there's something about... And, you know, I'm not saying I'm good at parenting. Right. Can you be? I think, yes, I think I think you can. I well, certainly can. better
1: better than worse, I suppose. Yeah. But at some point... Everybody slips up, and and here's this human
0: tape recorder. Yeah, everybody's with you. overprotective. And look, all our comedian friends—you see what their parents did. Yeah, you're like, wow, you know that mom really pushed him to be a lawyer when he should have just
1: right, 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 right. Yeah, it's like uh,
0: you know, so that there's, happens
1: time and time again. You see some of the boundaries. Do you have any of that interest in your kids being artistic? Because like that—that that is such a recurring thing, especially yeah. on this show that it comes from one withholding parent and one really overbearing parent. Yeah,
0: but I it's that. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes think that the nice you know, sweet combo, the no, salty sweet. It's there's something about there's these myths, right? That are make a better story. They make a better story. It, it's a better story that I studied finance in college and then I ended up being a comedian. Right. It's a better story that... Mark got sober and was going to kill himself and made a podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a it's, better it's, it's story. It's an exaggerated thing. It's a better story that Louis C.K. was going to quit. and Was he? I think so. I remember seeing something. <laughs> it's a better story. And it's a better story that one of the parents... That the parents or the family did not support someone in the arts. Yes. Yes. And I, I I don't know. I think it's going, going to be BS. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. I think that there's uh, a, a, a bravery, a, a gumption, a chutzpah thing that all comedians and directors have. It's like, mm. you know what? I'll do it. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's some, look, you're about to have your own talk show. Yes. And some of that is gumption. Kind of going, you know what? I'll do it. Yeah. I want to do it. Tell <laughs> so them I want to do it. I can yeah. do it. Yeah. And <laughs> it's and an absurd abs- claim. I got it. I got it. I'll do it every night. No problem. I'll do it.
1: That's why you're saying we're crazy. We're crazy people. <laughs>
0: and, and by the way, we're not egomaniacs. I mean, we know some egomaniacs yeah, where you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, that guy's right. going back to our vulnerability thing. But yeah. there is something about where I don't think that you're who you are. I don't think that your success is a correlation with how poor your, horrible your childhood was. Yeah, I don't think so. Although, I think Conan probably had a pretty decent childhood. I think we had similar upbringings, I I think. Uh,
1: Just in that it wasn't, and Robin Williams is the go to example for me for good childhood, loving parents and stuff. I sometimes think that, like, my mother's love meant more than any sort of withholding from my father. I don't fit that formula either. It's a better story if I tell you my dad worked a lot. Or he left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left. I had an absentee. I was a latchkey. The truth is, I did learn, I did get not addicted in a necessarily bad way. I did become aware of love and kind of gaining love, impressing my mother, being a good person kid, sort of thing. And that that is reflected in my career, in my comedy. Trying to, like, earn love from somebody else. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, But that's not that good of a story. No, well, I think... But I think if she didn't love me so much, I wouldn't have so much gumption. I think I learned, like, her, you can do it, and became my, I can do it. I think that
0: happened. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, (laughs) I feel like, again, we want. Yeah, I know. We want Because I think of... Um, I wanted to do this stuff yeah. I wanted to be a comedian Right. I wanted to I wanted to live in New York City yeah, and there was that, part of me that's like I'm probably not going to be able to live in New York City right.
1: that was a big fear and goal of mine too I was wow. just like one day I'll live in I am always I was terrified of it never visited never yeah. would do stand up I, I was like once I'm there I'm there forever yeah. I can't visit I had too much like yeah. odd respect for just the idea of New York yeah. as a place yeah. so I understand that completely and then it ends
0: up, but I think, I don't know, it's weird.
1: Do you think it keeps getting easier for everybody? When I look at the math, yeah, I feel like guys like you, you can't, nobody loves Mulaney more than me. Yeah. But Mulaney is 30 and yeah. he's playing theaters. And I feel yeah. like the fact that when I heard Brian Regan working Carolines, he was probably 40 something. I don't know. And he was like, this is my last club. I'm not doing clubs. Any- I'm not doing clubs no more. <laughs> he's not doing yeah. it anymore. And then now guys are doing it sooner. Now guys yeah. are putting out albums sooner. Guys are getting specials sooner. It yeah. seems like there's a centrifuge at, that you guys spearheaded. Do you feel that way? Do you see Do you see that happening faster
0: for everybody? Or does it feel the same? Oh, well, you know, it's a completely different experience. It's so weird to, you know, it's like when you started when there were a wooden mic stand. <laughs> but um, there is something about but it's, it's also a relevance thing. And, you know, Mulaney is a really funny guy. Yes. He's also, um, I was talking to somebody, I won't say the name, but we were, we we're backstage, and I was like, are you guys ready for John Mulaney, the TV star? Because it's guaranteed. He said this? I said this yeah. to someone. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, he used to open for me. I'm trying to let uh, not bring that up anymore. Ha! <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> And there is something about, I think that the entertainment industry, like people being writers on shows and remaining stand-ups, that used to not uh, exist. You used to just do you know, Hannibal writing on 30 Rock and still doing doing stand-up. And Mulaney did a new hour while he was at SNL, which is preposterous. Right. But he did it, somehow. And so there's a separate, uh, the separateness... But everyone goes about doing it different ways. Like, I look at my career and I'm like, you know, I probably should have done a writing gig. Like, when I, you know, I did my pilot, it's like, why was I never uh, uh, on a writing staff? Interesting. Because for me, I was, I loved acting and I was like, I want to be hired just as an actor, just as an actor. I'm going to go in there and there, you know, I remember I worked on this movie, this indie with Dennis Leary and we got done shooting and he was like, you're a comedian? Huh. And I was like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Wow, well, why didn't you ever tell me?" And I go, "Because I wanted to be uh, treated as an actor." So, I think that that's all. I think UCB had a lot to do with it. The, the mixing of the skill sets, I think so, and I think that UCB, um, I think that stand up is has been normalized and you know enormously.
1: Uh, well, that's what you said. What word did you use? You said relevance. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with relevance. Yeah. I think we're all benefiting from a nice influx of relevance. Yeah. And hopefully we'll keep adapting and doing things like yeah. books and, and acting. Yeah. And whatever we can do that's funny to remain relevant. And I, I, th- I think that yeah. never goes away. It's
0: interesting, you, you know, because there's something about my experience as a comedian which is so weird that... Uh, It's like, what you have to understand is like, and you're going to see this, you're going to see this with your show, Hmm. is you get something, you get something that's going to catapult you to a certain level, not status, but just busyness. Yep. All right? And so busyness, you know, Beyond the Pale happened, and I started doing theaters. And so I was doing these theaters, being a father, and traveling tons, and... Being in New York and not working at the Comedy Cellar and d- would, uh, wouldn't would do the alternative rooms for a year or two. And so then I came back to the alternative rooms, came back to some of the New York City rooms, and like the landscape completely changed. Uh-huh. In those two years? In those two years. Yeah. And so what's going to happen is you're going to do this TV show. Disappear a little bit. You're going to disappear a little bit, and you're going to come back and there's going to be a whole new crop of moshi you know <laughs> yeah moshis uh, you know what I mean and there's going to be like these people where you're i mean it's really weird cuz there's so many comedians that i'm like god you know i can't wait to like i want to see tom saragusa do a set yeah you know there's these different comedians that uh you know you live in LA i live in new york and i have five kids and i'm touring yeah and so it's there's something, and I and I subtract myself intentionally. Well, you don't. We, we talked s- about not really yeah. hanging out too too yeah. much. So there's something about uh, it's 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 interesting how that occurs, and you can be an active participant, but there's something strange about that that happened. Like yeah. the whole Aziz thing, I feel when I started doing some of the alternative mm-hmm. rooms. You know, whenever I was working on a new hour, you know, I think that's the best place to work anyway mm-hmm. for new material. And I remember Aziz just taking off. And so when you talking about, like, the Aziz haters, I was like, I only remember this guy as, like, walking into the bookstore. Right. And there was a, he- like, you could tell something was, was about to aw- erupt. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I also don't watch parks and recreation. Right. So, I don't know some of this stuff. Right, right, right. It's I think weird. that's interesting. I, I See, How can you be informed on all of it? Well, you mentioned LA, yeah. there's like f- three
1: scenes that I can think of in LA. Yeah. Like the Laugh Factory is its own scene. Every time right. I go there, there's 15 guys on the bill and I don't know one of the names. Wow. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, yeah. who are these guys? Yeah. And they're they, they have a certain flavor. Yeah. I know the alt scene and when I say alt I mean rooms, not the style yeah. necessarily. And then, and then there's like the, this other place, other places that I don't know. And in New York, I used to think that there was the alt scene, there was the club scene, there was the treehouse scene, which was this whole, this whole like safer, almost like hobbyist guys. And often people would break out of that and go yeah. to another place. So it's impossible to keep track of. I can't watch all the TV. Yeah, you, you start to become a little less aware of what's relevant.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting, and and some of it is. You know, it's it's like all the TV shows. When you were growing up, you would watch every single TV show, and you'd know what was going on. All the sitcoms. I,
1: I don't, remember knowing what the what the pilots were better than I when I live in the town where the pilots are being made because yeah. I would watch the pilots on TV. I'd be like, "Oh, the new show! They got yeah, a new we gotta show. Stand. We got to see We got to sample it. It's on. Who's yeah. this
0: guy?" Uh, now we now I don't know anything. So it's weird. How are you doing for time? I think I should probably leave in like 5 minutes. I have to go to the sound check with you.
1: Oh, good. Can I ask they they called me and said I have to come with you. Yeah, not not with you, but I have to yeah, go to it. I have to carry
0: you? You do have to carry me. Is that yeah, okay? Of course. I talked about broad shoulders. I think you could do it. Yeah, I feel like we'll be okay. okay. Um You know, here's what I think is interesting is the the um just and it almost has uh, uh, something to do with the Rolling Stone thing. I've gone from you know the Emmys, and you know I got a Grammy nomination. and It mm-hmm. really kind of made me look at this wow. stuff. Where that's, I was like, that's I was like, that's cool, right? Yeah, that's a Rolling Stone cover, and it's different, but yeah, it's different. It's a. It's a thing. But you also have like a perspective on it where you're like, it's because comedians, there's the you know it's the, the the one aspect of the industry where there is a bit of a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. It's like you either do well or you don't. You know, yeah. even the Dane haters will admit, he kills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And so, like, when I look at, like, award shows that I've... You know, I stopped. I never was like, I'm going to watch the Academy Awards every year. Right. I was never like that. But I've kind of grown to, like, Ugh, You know, like... And some of it, you see it reflected in my material towards tabloid stuff where I'm like, ooh. Right. But I look at award shows and stuff like that, and I feel as though, you know... It would be weird. I mean, I would love. I mean, look, everyone likes to be recognized, but there's also something of. It's a business move, and I, I remember I talked to Louis about this. He goes, he goes, you know, I have to go to the, the the Emmys because it helps my show, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even occur to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know when, you know, so when Sean Penn or any any of these actors who you know that they despise the 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 kind of the bs of an awards thing they have to go because it's part of their career cuz that's also a business convention right right right, too. right right they
1: want to be relevant and they want to play the game it's amazing yeah it is amazing um Was that the end of the point? Yeah, Because I was going to ask you one more question. Yeah, go ahead. The battery might die, which is wild. I thought we had more.
0: Do you have to press save or anything? This is
1: an expensive machine. I don't quite understand it. I have to think it'll save it. It'll it'll save it. The question is, uh, do you remember the hardest time you've laughed? It's a new part of the show. We we ask at the end. And if you can think of one, we'll do it. If you can't. Uh, Hardest time I've laughed... It also doesn't have to be good. People always tell the story
0: and they're like, it's not good, but, and then we always have a hoot with it anyway. I think that, um, I think I laugh my, uh, my hardest when I'm with other comedians. Yeah. That's a good answer. You know, who said that was Dane talking about Patrice and Geraldine sitting around and laughing about that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I think that, you know, like Todd Glass can make me laugh really hard. Yeah. 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 But stand up—it's usually the interaction with a comedian, not there. and maybe not and maybe um, uh, less than uh, seeing a stand-up show. Yeah, no, I understand. It's it's hanging out with Todd. And, yeah, um, well, that's the big perk of the of the whole job, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's what anybody that got in it for money, I don't trust. There was no money. And you won't even yeah. meet them, I don't think. Yeah. You might meet people, and I've known people that are like, I want to be famous. I don't yeah. trust them either. I do trust the guys that are like, I just wanted to hang out with Gaffigan. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that was the fantasy of doing the show and then eating some falafel. Yeah. With uh, Mitch
0: Hedberg and, and Seinfeld and all those guys. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, it's like, it's also, you know, like more from this misfit island right yeah. we're all like the train with square wheels yeah right Broken and so we're, <laughs> we're drawn and that's why I think people live in New York and LA even though um, I think LA I can't get in that kind of shape but you know <laughs> with New York there's there's it's and it's also getting kind of homogenized but there's definitely like the freaks yeah like we love the freaks and it yeah. goes back to this festival it's yeah, like it makes sense the oddity yeah it does because that's who we are well let's
1: wrap it up uh, yeah, I yes. think you remember we said the guest says yes. keep it crispy so thank you for doing it the book Surely. is called dad is fat yes this is a full episode we, we, it's full we episode we didn't know we, we did were going to talk for 20 we did minutes it. or an hour but we did an hour and 20 would you say keep it crispy and we'll, we'll head keep to it? A- keep
0: it crispy yep. I still don't know what that means <laughs> I still don't know what keep it crispy. <laughs> Good. Now
1: leaving nerdist.com